We're going to uh, head down to Finesford, uh, down near Geelong, and uh, have a chat to Scott Ireland from Providence Wines. Good morning to you, Scott. Good morning, Simon, and uh, good morning, Natalie. Good morning, Scott. How are you? Very well, thank you. Very well. Um, so, uh, mate, we, um, we love the story of Providence Wines and, and the, uh, the old paper mill that's been brought back to life. Um, so, how, how are things going with you? Are you into uh, Vintage 20 yet? No, we haven't started as yet, um, and to be honest, I was in our Ballarat vineyards uh, yesterday, and uh, they haven't even raised yet, so we haven't even got the nets happening. Right. Um, probably a, a week away or so. So, uh, so vintage. It's uh, it's actually been quite a cool year for us, believe it or not. Scott, are you finding just on that that it's a later vintage for for you than previous years? Absolutely, yeah. It's um, it's probably about two weeks behind where we are normally, um, which is you know given what's been going on uh, around Australia, it's uh, it's surprising to think of it yeah. through those terms in those terms. But but the truth is, it's been quite a cool growing season with some heat spikes. Yeah. Um, lucky enough for us, you know, we haven't had any fire close. Mm-hmm. to us um not to say we haven't had some smoke around um but we haven't had any fire close to us um uh, and there's probably plenty of fuel in the forest that are close to us but uh, yeah nothing uh, nothing's happened near us so what typically happens when you've got a long ripening season so a, you know a cooler season um what typically results in the wines from your experience uh, well, they're the seasons that we generally chase, you know, and mm. I can, I'm, I'm old enough to go back to the 80s and the 90s where we always talked about the long, cool ripening periods um, and because they, they retain natural acidity really well, um, which means that uh, you, when, you, when you harvest, you, you've, got ha- you've got grapes in, in really good, with really good um, kind of acidity and pH and sugar levels all in a really nice balanced area so you have ripeness, flavour um, and the structural elements of acidity and tannin, tannin working really naturally for you um, and so yeah we're, we're quite positive about this season. Mm. It's, oh sorry, sorry, sorry Simon, <laughs> I, I just in reference back to, I'd just like to ask a question around um, the name Provenance Wines and how you have chosen different sites from across, I suppose, certain parts of Victoria to um, make your wines from. Have you found that those different sites have experienced different growing conditions? Like, so I know that um, along the Ge- uh, Geelong and Ballerine, it might be a little bit cooler. How about in the the Henty region? Um, and uh, ha- have you seen much of a difference or variation in? in the summer oh absolutely yeah it's look it's um that it's it that we named our business um provenance because of the the kind of truth of of that no other product like wine no other product that i know of um translates the place where it's grown into the finished product that people can see if they want to you know some people just want to drink wine because they feel like having a glass of wine and that's absolutely fine some people are really interested in different flavour sets that come uh, with different wines, uh, and we 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 basically showcase that through our wines um, because we source fruit from the Geelong region, of course, where we're based, 
Um, I've planted a vineyard at Ballarat at 500 metres elevation, um, which has significantly different uh, conditions to, to Geelong. And also we source fruit from the Henty region, which is, um, you know, probably uh, uh, not not considering uh, really high alpine vineyards like um, you know, Whitlands or something. Maybe that's not alpine, but, you know, it's very high. Yeah. Um, it's the coldest uh, region in mainland Australia, Henty. It gets those big southwesterly changes coming through um, uh, that, you know, start down somewhere near the Antarctic, and, <laughs> and it's, it's very cold. So, uh, Does it so make we, it uh, marginal for growing grapes then? Well, changing, like everybody, you know, it's a changing uh, and moving and grooving thing at the moment. So, mm. so where it was originally, um, Henty was, you know, Drumborg, for instance, was planted by Sepults in the seventies, you know, and, and Riesling was the big, the big wine that came out of there, or the very successful grape variety that came out of there. Um, now you, um, excuse me, <coughs> now you have uh, um, great Chardonnay and Pinot Noir coming mm. out of there as uh, as still wine and. Uh, where, it, where it was probably planted to make sparkling wine, mm. um, but now it's really, you know, putting out some serious fruit, which, uh, you know, if you're careful with it in the winery, um, let it go through the natural process of winemaking, then you can, you can get some seriously interesting wine. And when people visit your cellar door, there's the opportunity to taste, um, say, the, the three different regions, Chardonnay's from the three different regions, all basically made the same way. Um, is that that's correct? Yeah. Yeah, um, indeed. To, yeah, to just show um, that that yeah the terroir of, of those sites, and then you blend, you do a blend of all of those. Um, yeah, we what what originally happened, Simon. Is we, you know, we're just you know passionate winemakers, really, and <laughs> Sam and myself, and uh, we just wanted to make the best possible wine we could ever make. And so to do that, we we looked for the best possible vineyards and planted some ourselves. Um, and uh, uh, we were originally putting those wines, and still do to some degree, into a blend called, we named it Golden Plains, because uh, we, we needed to come up with a, a name that encompassed the three regions that we work with, Ballarat, Henty and Geelong. Um, the, you know, alternatively, we'd, we would have legally had to call it kind of Southeast Australia or something like that, something very broad, which didn't really speak to our source vineyards which are far southwest victoria if you like um and uh uh so so we would blend those and we just thought it at one point in sort of it was about 2010 actually we we decided gee we see all these in, um wines made as individual wines right down to actually individual barrels because we barrel ferment our chardonnay so you know you might have two barrels from the same vineyard that are significantly different um, and so we wanted to showcase that and show people what we were seeing in the winery when we were blending and so we do our regional series which um, is meant to or is aimed at show showcasing the vineyards and, and the different region characteristics different regional characteristics um, that we see and so yeah that's available for the public to taste at, the, at their cellar door Mm. Um, all, and we, we do charge for that. I'm going to put that out there because it, they, these are um, quite valuable wines in a way. Mm. Um, we sell them for fifty-two dollars at the at the cellar door. So you know, to open all of the bottles just for and give them away isn't really a great approach from a business point of view. We want to be there next year. Yep. Um, so we do charge for that. Um, 
and we also have a tasting where you can where you can taste the next tier down, which includes five wines um, in that Golden Plains tier. Mm. And it's a fabulous Salador um, setup you've got there. It's well, how long have, how long have you been set up? Within, is it two years yet, or? Uh, no, we well we we went there in 2016. It took us 18 months to turn what was a uh, magnificent sort of uh, skeleton of a biz, uh, building, um, but it took us 18 months to refurb it and get it all back to uh, to appropriate for maturing wine in. Um, and then we opened in March uh, 2018. Mm. Um, and yeah, look, it's been a terrific um, time since. Really, you know, a lot of people are. Generally, when they walk in the door, the first thing they do is, well, they'll look left and, and then they'll look right and then they'll say, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's just the sheer majesty of that of that of our cellar door slash um, maturation cellar um, that uh, people just uh, go, wow, didn't know this was here. Mm. And, and it's um, really interesting. The fact interesting. is, it's been there since the 1870s. It was um, built to be a paper mill uh, in the 1870s and... Uh, Went through a series of different uh, ownerships and um, different different businesses run out of there. Um, quite a checkered history, um, and uh, uh, yeah, now it's uh, hopefully we've settled on a, a winery cellar door. Um, so it's a real repurposing of a of an old industrial building. You've done it beautifully, and I and the way that the wines are presented is also the 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 branding and the the labeling is also very beautiful uh how how do you come across the the the, i suppose the um you've followed that essence of beauty from the start to the finish has that been your influence scott or have you had some help with how you present the beautiful product that you make um, oh, look, thanks very much, Nat. You know, it's, uh, you know, pride's a funny thing, but, uh, yeah, we are proud of what we've achieved there with the building um, in the first instance, um, you know, winning a Heritage Award uh, for, for what, we, what we did um, was really, really pleasing for us. Um, it's, uh, it's a, I think it's, uh, it's certainly not just me, um, but it's Sam... Uh, Sam Vogel, my you know co winemaker and, and partner in the business. Mm. Uh, it's him. It's me. It's uh, we have a uh, we have a good working relationship where we uh, most of the time listen to each other, um, <laughs> but we're both strong personalities who have a, a certain aesthetic, um, and I think that that comes through in in how we refurb that building, albeit directed by Heritage Victoria. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had to stay within the bounds of what they were they were after um, or wanted to see as a, as a result and uh, um, and then when it comes to you know packaging for our wines you know we really want it to be I mean wine is such a beautiful part of life um, I believe mm-hmm. um, I, I think it just uh, enables people to to go that extra step when they're eating when they're sharing um, conversation food um, or you know just uh, sitting on the back veranda um, but that's that's the kind of simple, beautiful part of wine. But mm. the next step is to be be interested in where it's from and why it tastes the way it does. And so we really wanted our packaging to terrible word packaging, but it's true. Yeah. Um, our labelling to reflect that it was provenance. It's about where it's from. Yeah. Um, mm. And so that's why it's very simple. Just the word provenance, and then where it's from. Mm. 
Well, I've got to say, looking at the packaging, you get that sense of place. Because of the quality look of the packaging, It uh, to me as a consumer, um, makes me realise that what's in the product, uh, what's in the bottle will be a beautiful wine. Mm. Yeah, um, terrific. Scott, um, you know the, the old paper mill that uh, has... Did someone else... Was someone else involved in developing the actual complete site? Because you've got part of it, but probably, you know, I would say the, you know, the, the anchor part. But there are lots of artists and producers and artists and things in little, little corners of it. Um, That's right, yeah. It's a, look, it's, a, it's, a, it's an arts precinct. It's a bit like the old Monsalvat um, mm. um, or uh, what's it called down on the Collingwood Children's Farm. You know, it's... it's the, the convent. Yeah, yeah, oh, the convent. That's right. Yeah. Um, so it's really, it's really, the aim of the site or the precinct is to um, house people, uh, house uh, businesses like ours um, that kind of pay the way, then help artists um, uh, have their own studios to do their own thing too. So the ownership of of the Barwon Paper Mills um, are very keen for it to be a uh, mixture of, of, of community, art, food, wine, mm. basically. Um, so, you know, there's a guy who, who, does a, who runs a great business there, fixing guitars. Um, <laughs> there's probably 10 different artists who've got all sorts of little spaces. There's a magnificent spaces in it, as you can imagine, you know, little underground cellars and all sorts of things there. Mm. Um, which you can go and visit artists uh, on mainly on the weekends. Um, uh, yeah, so that's the vision of the ownership of the of the paper mill. Yeah, mm. and so just uh, people listening uh, from Melbourne, tell us how we can get there because it's really quite easy off the off the freeway, isn't it? The bypass freeway. Absolutely, yeah. The the Geelong bypass um, that goes down to you know basically Australia's most frequented area for tourists um, on the Great Ocean Road. Mm. Excuse me. That passes um, within about five minutes of us. So, when you're going past the, over the Hamilton Highway exit, um, you, if you just get off there and turn left, uh, and then turn right, you're on Lower Paper Mills Road, and uh, and we're at the end of the road basically. Mm. So it's literally five minutes from the bypass. Um, I've finally managed, um, thank you Tourism Victoria, uh, to get some brown signs up <laughs> on, on the bypass so people can actually know that we exist because yep. <laughs> that's the biggest thing for everybody. You know, not a, it's, just... it's not a simple process, that is it? It's... Oh God, I'm not going to, I would <laughs> not take up all your show if I tell you <laughs> the ups and downs of all of that. But anyway, congratulations, <laughs> Congratulations on that, Scott. That <laughs> it's um, it's <laughs> certainly... Uh, I'm, uh, I'm a tenacious type personality uh, when I need to be. Was it easier um, restoring uh, a <laughs> heritage listed property than it was getting a brown sign on the highway. <laughs> it was. It was easier to do that. Crazy as it may seem, but we have them now. Um, so and that's great. Uh, I might say it wasn't Tourism Victoria who are in the way of that. By the no, way, Tourism Victoria, if you're listening, that, no, <laughs> we love no. you. Visit Victoria are incredibly supportive of um, of signage, and I, I think uh, um, Vic Roads have reasons for wanting signs and not wanting signs so it's all a it's a very thorough process but um when um when they're deserved and needed they make a very big difference to visitation so um, yeah well well said Nat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, uh, you're much more polite than i am <laughs> <laughs> i have to be uh, i've got a quick question around we've talked a little bit about the the four different chardonnays so the ballarat chardonnay golden plains the henty and the geelong chardonnays 
Uh, there's yep. a, a big focus for provenant, provenance wines on Pinot Noir. Can you tell me a little bit about the differences between uh, the Ballarat, the Henty and the Geelong Pinot Noirs, please? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so generally the wine um, which has got the kind of finest weight is the Ballarat, um, but it, it, what the grapes tend to give us from there is a really beautiful line of acidity and tannin, which those structural inputs, um, we get a bit of flesh around it from the from the uh, uh, whole bunch uh, winemaking that we generally use with that, um, and you get a, a lovely fresh lifted elegant style of pinot noir um if i want to uh if i want to congratulate myself a bit i'd say it's a little bit like a chambol musigny from burgonia from burgundy um uh, that's me probably stretching it a little bit <laughs> um when we go to henty um that's the next step up in weight so through the mid palate you get this lovely kind of fullness um to the to the wine that just makes it so supple um it's a really interesting region for pinot noir and it's just um really getting better and better to be honest we we've just uh, been able to uh, graft some some uh new newer pinot clones onto uh onto a chardonnay rootstock down there in the vineyard and we we, we can't wait for that to come on board um because you know we're We've already been very successful, you know, we get 97 points off uh, no less a pellet than James Halliday for our Henty Pinot Noir. Mm. Um, was a great result in uh, to, for, to our 2015 wine. Yep. Geelong, Geelong offers the, the fullest weight of all, uh, all of the three regions. Um, we're Geelong, our Geelong vineyards are in the Moorable Valley. We do have uh, five acres of Pinot on the Ballerine Peninsula, which we're really just getting our heads around now after two vintages. Um, so, uh, but the, our main vineyard is in the Moorable Valley. Uh, Moorable sits in in the uh, in the rain shadow of the Otways, you know, uh, Victoria's wettest part of the state. And uh, so it's really dry and kind of tough, but cool growing conditions there. And it grows quite nuggety uh, wines with you know citrus orientated flavours. And uh, but but a fuller weight and a more powerful wine. And uh, it's really a fantastic thing to taste the three of them side by side. Um, and, and in fact, at the moment at Celador for the 2016 vintage, there's a fourth Pinot Noir. We have a, uh, a Macedon Pinot um, that comes from high on the side of, of Macedon. It's, uh, uh, I think the average, uh, the average height of the vineyard is 770 metres. Um, it's quite a steep slope. It goes up over 800, um, and and that is that's right down at the elegant side of it. But we use 100% whole bunch uh, in the fermenter, um, and it just makes the most intriguing wine. It's just there. It's a really great thing. If if people, are, you know, I kind of urge people. Of course, I would. You know, mm. it's my business. But but I urge people if you're into Pinot Noir, there's a great tasting opportunity at the moment um, to taste those four side by side. Um, uh, with a sheet showing you where they're from and why they're different. Yeah. Um, it's a really quick learning experience if you're into it. Yeah, and that's really, uh, it's really rare to be able to, to find that sort of thing. I mean, you, you get to see, you know, well, I mean, particularly to see the, the site display itself, you know, when the, the influence of the winemaker is really, it's no different from one to the other. Whereas even at a wine show or, you know, a tasting where you've got 
you know, Pinot's all lined up. There are different blocks, there are different winemaking techniques, there's different, all that sort of thing. So it's, I reckon, yeah, mm. people should, must go go down and have a look at the site, but have a look at that tasting, definitely. I, I think it, it sounds absolutely fascinating. And, and the, the way you described each of those four wines, uh, you know, the Ballarat being a little bit more fresh and elegant, the Henty being a little bit more supple and the Geelong being a little bit more fuller on the palate, is there any difference in how you would sell those wines? Would would one be better drunk at a younger age and one at an older? Or, or what's what's your philosophy on on how you would recommend people enjoy those wines? Uh, look, it's this is a question we get asked a bit, Nat, and it really depends what you want out of your wine. Um, with the consistency of screw caps um, these days. Um, these wines will, will last 15 years. There's no doubt about that. Uh, in my mind, I've got, I've got Pinots older than that in screw cap now, and they're, they're still really interesting drinks. Um, I guess it's what you want out of your wine. Um, so the more fruitful uh, tasting experience is when you drink the wines younger, um, but as they gain complexity in good cellaring conditions, I might add, not, not in uh, somewhere where there's a, you know, a big temperature range uh, for the wine to go, which, you know, will prematurely age it if it's get, getting hot and then cold and then hot and then cold. Um, in, in good cellaring conditions, you know, they just move into a more, for me, interesting position. And it's part of the reason why we're only selling our 2016 Pinot Noirs now. We want people to, to taste something with a little bit of maturity on it and have access to buying something with that little bit of maturity. Um, and we, we're, we're we're paying the cost of holding those wines back because we want that experience for people so they can see the differences yeah. of, uh, you know, our, our 2018 Golden Plains Pinot Noir that we're selling now. is a be- beautiful wine. Um, sat down with Hugh and Hook uh, on, on Friday and uh, he went through all the wines and he, he, was, he said, gee, that's a luscious crowd, please. And I said, yeah, that's what it's meant to be. Mm. Um, and then he went through the regional wines and although they're mostly single vineyard wines, um, uh, we don't market them as single vineyard wines. We, we market them as regional wines because we want people to understand that that broader difference that you know different vineyards have their provenance um, uh, in in the wine situation. Mm. Yeah, I think that's that's great. It's uh, yeah, I love the. The uh, the idea that you've separated them out like that, um, so uh, and so vintage you say starts in two weeks roughly. You're uh, sort of guessing. No, it'll be it'll we're, we're two weeks late at the moment. Okay. It would seem so. So it'll start uh, probably around the first week of March, I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. We'll be into it there. So uh, and that'll be uh, the Geelong fruit generally comes off first, um, and uh, yeah, look, we're quite excited about what might be out there this year. You know, it's. Uh, there's been so many, um, you know, desperately sad stories mm. out around the around the country. That, uh, but uh, we we hope that people will understand that you know that there's it's a it's a big country of wine, Australia, and there's a lot of different vineyards that are actually looking in pretty good shape. I think it's uh, I think that's a really important point to make, Scott. Just because there has been some fire impact in some of our wine regions across Victoria and across Australia. It doesn't mean that everyone's vintage is ruined. And mm. I think uh, as consumers um, or pe- people who love wine, 
we can look for those other different regions um, over the over the coming years to to make sure that we still support those regions that aren't fire impacted or drought impacted. Yeah, but I think what you said earlier, Nat, is you can trust the winemaking industry in Australia to only put a 2020 wine in bottle if it's free of taint. Absolutely. And Correct. Uh, and Correct, because nobody wants their brand tarnished by um, putting out inferior wine. Mm-hmm. So um, it's just not going to be out there, I wouldn't have thought. Um, and But, you know, on top of that, you know, there's probably going to be some ripping wines out mm. there. Uh, Absolutely. Because it, it's been that lovely cool season, cool growing season. Mm. And, I, and I think your, your points around uh, regionality and provenance are... Are really important, and I think uh, this the 2020 vintage will be a really good time for. We've talked about it a little bit earlier for winemakers to be experimental, but also now it's time for us as wine drinkers to be experimental and to mm. maybe branch out from for to different wines that or different brands or different wine regions that we wouldn't normally be parochial about. So um, indeed, yeah, mm. indeed, absolutely. Well, uh, Scott, it's always great to chat, mate, and we could probably fill the whole two hours chatting with you. Um, l- so we encourage people to get down to Providence Wines at the old paper mill at Fyansford. So five minutes off the off the highway, uh, off the, uh, sorry, the ring road, Geelong uh, Bypass, isn't it? Yeah, um, that's right. So look for the brown signs now and, <laughs> uh, and c- go down and have that 2016 Pinot tasting. That sounds like a cracker. And can I just add yep. also that we have opened uh, a restaurant now and uh, our chef, Will Manning, is a bit of a gun. Uh, and uh, if anybody's looking to eat some terrific food matched to, to good wines, um, we're a good option for you. Um, yeah. The food is... But it's probably changed a bit since you were last there, Simon. You must yep. come down because I'm... I'm so pleased with what he's uh, putting on the plate. It's great. Scott, is the restaurant open seven days a week? We are currently. Um, we'll, we will go back to five days uh, over the probably towards the end of the month, uh, which will mean we'll just be shut. <coughs> excuse me, uh, shut on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Um, but we'll still be open five days a week. And uh, yeah, he, he's a bit of a gun. I hope he's not listening to this. I don't want to him up too much, but uh, he'll be asking um, for a he, Yeah, his food is is really fresh. Um, and and well thought through um, and a great a great adjunct to what we're we're trying to achieve in in the winery. Yeah, and people can enjoy the uh, the the old building there, and it's a, it's a stunning sight. So, mate, well done. And uh, Thank that, you. yeah, I'll definitely come down and uh, and have a look at some of that uh, the new menu. Yeah, good one, Simon. Good All one. right, um, look, yeah, thanks very much for having me on this morning. It's uh, oh, yeah. it's you. just good to talk to people about wine and. And, uh, and hopefully uh, get them drinking interesting, different things. Indeed. Indeed. Thanks, mate. Have a great afternoon, Scott. And, uh, and good luck with Vintage 20 when that, when that starts for you. Thanks, Simon. Okay. Thanks, Nat. Pleasure. Thanks. See you. Cheers. Um, so, Scott Island from uh, Provenance Wines.